Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Froyan, and on this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we are going to dive deep into boundary setting. So we're going to be talking all about how setting healthy, intentional boundaries can improve nearly any relationship. And to have this conversation, I'm bringing in my new friend and colleague, a wonderful guest, Melissa Salmaron. She is a master life coach, and she helps moms give themselves the space they need to defeat overwhelm, step into their power, and show up as their true selves. And we're going to just really kind of geek out about boundaries today. So Melissa, welcome to the show. I'm really excited for this conversation. Will you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes. And yay, boundaries. So exciting. <laughs> First, Laura, thank you for having me. I um, I think the conversations that you have around parenting are just so important. And I just, I love your work. So for, appreciate the opportunity to be here. So I am Melissa Salmeron. And as you said, I'm a master certified life coach. And my passion is helping busy, overworked moms Yes, work on defeating that overwhelm so that they can live a life of more peace and calm. And I think now more than ever, we need to be supporting moms. I mean, all parents, yes, need support, but moms are near and dear to my heart as I am one. And I have, you know, traveled down this road and we also also often say, right, we teach what we need to learn. And so Mm. that is just a little bit about me. And I wanted to share, if it's okay, Laura, just this topic of boundaries, why also it's something I'm really passionate about. I started this journey. I've always really wanted to know more about myself and understand, you know, why I am the way I am and always look to improve myself. And I have three kids, so a 10-year-old, a seven-year-old, and almost two-year-old. And around the time my second child was born, I realized that I needed some extra support because I found myself in this stage where I think a lot of moms do where somewhere along the line, I just completely lost myself. And it just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that I really didn't know who I was. And I needed to get control of that quickly because I wasn't showing up the mom that I wanted to be as the wife that I wanted to be as the coworker or any of it really. And so I started seeing a therapist and 
she, one of the first things she asked me was, so do you know anything about boundaries? And I'm like, (laughs) not really. I mean, yes, but it's always been sort of confusing to me because I always really thought that to be really loving, you didn't want to draw. I thought of a boundary as like this hard line in the sand, you know, Mm. and I just didn't think that that was, um, you know, the loving way that I wanted to show up. And so I, um, I started doing a lot of work with her around boundaries. And, you know, I think a lot of people find themselves in, you know, maybe they weren't taught this skill. And I think boundaries, they are a skill. I've been working on this for several years. And, you know, I'm not a master. I'll say that yet. And we all come from like various backgrounds. But yeah, so I, I think this topic is it's so good to really understand what a boundary is and what it is not. Yeah. Uh, Can we dig in there a little bit? Because I I feel like we have this, you know, we have this kind of general like, yeah, boundaries are important. Yes, you need boundaries. But like, what what does that actually mean? What do they actually look like? What's a healthy boundary? What's a not so healthy boundary? Can we dive in there? Yeah, let's do that for sure. So personal boundary, it's a limit and a rule that we set for ourselves. So it's all about us and what we're willing to do and not do. And as I said, it's not a line in the sand. It's not a rule. And so this is not my imagery, but I love it so much. It's kind of like, if you think of a boundary as like this hula hoop that you put your, put around yourself, mm-hmm. you know, it's defining where it's like where you end and the other person begins. And a rule would be something that, you know, you're forcing on someone else. or you're using fear or power to really control someone else. Right. Which never feels good. In the parenting world, I think about boundaries are about us and limit setting are about the child's behavior. So if we're thinking about setting boundaries with our kids, like a limit would be, I can't let you run out into the street. That's not safe. I've got to keep you safe. Whereas a boundary is my back is hurting today and I can't be your jungle gym. I can't wrestle with you today. That's a boundary. You know, so the boundaries are about us and limit setting for kids is is about them. And hopefully we're only enacting limit setting, you know, in times where their safety is at stake or, you know, we're really working hard not to infringe on their personal rights, right? Yeah. Another analogy that I love that gets taught everywhere about boundaries is thinking about a boundary as the property line. So if you're a homeowner and you own Mm -hmm. your home, that your boundary is that property line. Right now, I don't know, listener, if you can hear my, um, my neighbor is mowing their yard. And if my neighbor were to come over and he's very particular, he takes great pride in how his yard is mown. Um, He does, you know, the cross hatching, it's beautiful. But if he were to come over and say, to us, you know, to his next door neighbor say like, you also need to mow your yard in that crosshatch design. You know, you need to do X, Y, and Z with your yard. That would be him crossing into my property, into my boundary. Um, And that happens a lot in, you know, so it's easy to talk about it in terms of like concrete terms of like our property, our yard, but it's much harder. It gets much, the lines are harder to see when it comes to 
other aspects of personal relationships, especially if we grew up in homes where there weren't clear boundaries um, or where boundary setting wasn't modeled to us in a healthy way. Can we talk a little bit about that then? So where are, you know, again, it's easy to say like my neighbor doesn't get to come and tell me how, what color (laughs) to paint my door. My dad doesn't get to come and tell me where I should plant flowers. It's so easy to talk about in like personal property, but what does that mean for us? in terms of emotional boundaries or relational boundaries? What is, like, what do those? Yeah, look? yeah. Well, I think it's important for us to understand that, you know, like we have certain rights and I didn't really get this myself for a really long time. It's like, I, in so many ways, like I have a right to be treated with respect, right? I have a right to say no without feeling guilty. Big one. That's such a big one. I think so many of us struggle with my needs, your needs are they're just as important as everyone else's. And you have a right to accept your mistakes and your failures. So I would get confused in the past around thinking I didn't do something. I didn't follow through. And so to sort of like even the playing field, I need to let you do something that I don't really feel comfortable with because I let you down. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. hearing that, it makes no sense. Oh no, but I can see why someone would think that though. Yes, but just because you know you've done something over here doesn't change you know what your limits are, what your personal limits are, right? Like that has nothing to do with the other, basically. Mm-hmm. Like those are two separate things. Yeah, and then we don't have to meet other people's unreasonable expectations of us. So Laura, I know you mentioned earlier, like the example of the mother-in-law gets such a bad rap. And I'll just say (laughs) my brother-in-law actually was giving me a hard time over the holidays. He was wanting me to stay out late for a party. And my in-laws love to stay up late and start their day late. They're just on a completely different schedule than, than I am. And he tried, you know, every single enticement there possibly could have been to get me to stay. At the end, I was just like, no, you guys stay, have a great time. I'll miss you and I'll see you tomorrow, you know, like, because I, I wasn't going to give in because I was going to throw my entire schedule off for the next day and the kids and all of that. Right. So just because someone really, really wants you to do something doesn't obligate you to really, really um, have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so empowering to find out where our lines are and to confidently state them so that we can actually be confident in our no and what feels good. And this is not something that's like that we have to master perfectly. You know, it's a dance. It's a figuring out process and there's room for imperfection and there's room for getting it wrong too, for realizing like, you know what? I kind of let someone push me into doing something that I didn't want to do. What did I learn about this situation? How can I show up better for myself next time? Just like, Last night, my parents had been away. They'd been on a trip and my mom wanted to reconnect and chat. And I really had had a long day. It's been a long holiday weekend. We're recording this the day after Memorial Day. I'd been working in my garden for three days straight. I was tired and I should have said no. I should have said, you know, you know what, mom, I really, really want to connect with you. I really want to hear about your trip. I'm really excited. I can't do it tonight tonight I'm tired. Tonight I want to stay home with my husband and sit on the deck and talk with him. 
That's what I want to do. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't, you know, I let myself be talked into going over there. Like if I were to, you know, my mom doesn't usually listen to my podcast, but I think if she were to hear this, I think she would be surprised and sad and feel badly that I hadn't listened to me, to my own heart and set that boundary with her. I think that she would have wanted me to be honest with her and say that to her. And for whatever reason, I just didn't have a firm sense of where my line was at that moment in time when I said yes and I went over there. And that's just a learning opportunity. I've been practicing healthy boundaries actively and professionally, you know, for years. And I'm I'm Mm. still just figuring those things out. And so it doesn't mean like I failed or, you know, let myself down. It's just a kind of a learning process of how can I have you know, really like healthy boundaries that prioritize my needs while staying connected to someone else. And I think you're, you've been talking a little bit about these hard lines in the sand. And I think it's really important to, for people to know that, you know, that a healthy boundary is flexible, is compassionate, is kind and is caring and has the goal of keeping a relationship going. Those hard lines in the sand, really, really hard boundaries are just as unhealthy as really porous boundaries. Sometimes Mm -hmm. really firm, hard line in the sand boundaries are necessary with someone who's consistently crossing our boundaries, consistently pushing them. Sometimes we do need something that's much more firm and clear, like cutting off, for example. I know lots of our listeners have family members that they don't see anymore because there was too Mm. much boundary crossing. That's a really hard boundary. And I guarantee that the listeners who have done that don't always feel 100% good about that and wish it could have been different, but they had to, to protect themselves. Um, But I bet they wish they could have had more healthy, flexible boundaries with someone so that they could stay in relationship because that's what the boundary ultimately is, right? Is that what you, how you see the purpose of a boundary? Yes, absolutely. If, you know, it's just protecting yourself and and knowing yourself so that you can show up in the relationship in the best possible way, right? Yeah. And when you don't have boundaries, I did not realize I had so much pent up resist resentment and yeah. anger. I'll just say with my husband, you know, it was showing up. Mm-hmm. And it was impacting our relationship. So that's why, you know, I think they're just huge. And when you start working on these things, you will, it's a byproduct of when you know yourself really well and you're able to, boundaries are like an act of self-love. And compassion, and, yeah. And compassion. And so it could completely transform everything, every other relationship around you when you really clear on what those are. And I think for what you said earlier about yeah, knowing yourself, so knowing your values, mm-hmm. knowing what your values are and then seeing, okay, well, where are my values being knocked up against, right? Really taking the time to examine that and, you know, kind of being very self-aware around that process of like, you know, what is this making me feel mm-hmm. and what? can I do about it? Yeah, absolutely. I want to skip back to the resentment piece of it. I think you hit on something that is so important, especially when it comes to boundaries. So if we are not self-aware and haven't gone through this process of figuring out what is important to us, what matters to us, what our values are, and started figuring out how to set those boundaries, then we let people cross them. 
And oftentimes that happens kind of like under the surface. The other person doesn't always even know that it's happening. And then resentment builds, right? So like when I first went over to my mom's last night, there was resentment bubbling under the surface. I was annoyed that I was there. I didn't want to be there. It was like impacting our interactions. And I like, I gave myself a little talking to in the moment. I was like, you know what, Laura, you're responsible for this. You didn't set the boundary. She didn't even know that there was this possibility of resentment brewing. She had no clue. She was completely unaware that all of this was happening within me. This was my lack of boundary was what was creating the resentment, not her doing anything. It was my responsibility. If I didn't want to go there, it was my responsibility to deliver a boundary with kindness and compassion and not do it and to say no, that was my responsibility. And so that resentment that was bubbling up that I was feeling towards my mom had no actual place there. Like it was completely unfair. And I was putting a burden on our relationship that didn't need to be there and, and wouldn't have been had yeah. I set the boundary that was true and authentic for me. We really can get in our own way of having meaningful, authentic relationships, true, authentic connections when we have porous boundaries, <laughs> you know? Okay. So then if people are realizing this, that there's resentment sprinkled in their relationships, that they are not setting their set boundaries that they need, that they're not standing up for themselves, like how, and showing up for themselves in their relationships in the way that they want to. It seems to me like you're saying the very first step of learning how to set healthy boundaries is figuring out what they are by diving into important to you. Can you walk us through that process a little bit so that the li listeners can really start do like, I really like it when there's almost like journal prompts in, in. Episode. Oh man, I should have brought some journal prompts. <laughs> <laughs> They're already there. You already said them, you know, what's important yes. to me? What are my values? You already said them. So yes. are there other yes. ones that we can be asking ourselves? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, categorizing, if I like a lot of structure actually myself. And so really asking your questions, yourself questions around, you know, your physical, your emotional, mm. your spiritual, all of these different areas, right? Like what, what is okay with me and what is not okay with me is a great place to start. Maybe in each of these categories, sometimes we just don't stop and think about what is okay with me and what is not okay with me. We just sort of inherently have a feeling, right? But we don't necessarily know where that feeling came from because we've maybe never sat down and taken the time to examine what is okay and what is not okay with me. Yeah. And I really like how you broke it down into kind of sections like emotional boundaries, physical boundaries. What was the other one that you... Spiritual so, boundaries. Spiritual boundaries. Yeah. I also think too that there's this place where we have to be really aware of what is ours to control and what is mm -hmm. not ours to control. So like I can set a boundary for how I want to be treated, but I cannot control how someone's going to react to that boundary. That is not in my wheelhouse. That's the other thing, actually, Laura. I mean, finding out that I was trying to control so many situations. Yeah, right. But I was never going to be able to control. I was yeah. never going to be able to control, you know, the other person's thoughts, feelings, or <laughs> actions. And we know this, right? We so know this, all of us. But yet it's still like, if we just fall into the trap, I just think it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking. And when you let that control piece go, oh my goodness, it is just so freeing. Yeah. It's like 
all I have to worry about is myself and what is and isn't okay with me. And that's it. And then I get to decide based on the other person's behavior, you know, whether I'll, I will allow that, you know, whether or not that's a deal breaker for me, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes we have people who are, I read in a book recently, I think Terry Cole in her book calls them boundary destroyers. And it's unfortunate, you know, but sometimes relationships just have to end because even all the boundaries in the world we put in place, some people are just not going to be willing to accept those. Yeah. And that's their choice, right? That has nothing to do with us. Yeah. And so you're tapping into some, the boundaries that we set with ourselves too, on what we're willing to take on, situating what's someone else's stuff and what's our stuff and really setting firm boundaries for ourselves that we are not going to let someone else's poor boundaries or someone else's stuff impact us, I think is so important. Those boundaries that we set with ourselves, that, that we are going to not let someone else change us, you know? So my mother-in-law is a lovely person, wonderful, has so many strengths. For some reason, she does get under my skin. And it is sometimes when I'm around her, it is very hard to be myself because Mm -hmm. there's this part of me that just this like 13 year old, like, you can't tell me what to do. Part of me just wants to push back. And I have to be really kind and compassionate with myself in those moments. And at the same time, that boundary has to be with me, with my inner teenager, you know, that my mother-in-law does not get to dictate how I show up in this world. My mother-in-law does not, you know, whatever energy she brings into the house. And it's not intentional. It's, it's just this dynamic that's there. It's just there. There's acceptance there. I can't control it. It's there. My only thing I can control is my reaction to it. And that's a boundary too. Mm-hmm. Well, you were mentioning before that giving up that control is very freeing and it's also incredibly empowering. When we yeah. start like giving up our power to someone else by and hold those healthy boundaries, it can feel very empowering. Have you experienced that too? Oh yeah, definitely. It's what you said earlier, just taking that responsibility just for myself, right? And only having to worry about myself. Yeah. And just really focusing in on that and just letting go. It's like, it's freeing, but the, it's just like the self-respect, I guess, you know, just Mm -hmm. giving myself permission to be okay with saying what I want and leaving it at that. Right. And just being able to leave it at that really, because for so long, you know, I struggled with okay, yes, I said my boundary, but then I would go through a phase where, oh, should I take it back? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, um, so should I backtrack on that? You know, I, um, I guess I'm thinking of just like that dance of, of learning how to set it, right? Learning how to set mm-hmm. that boundary in the beginning. So I feel like we've been kind of talking about boundaries in the theoretical sense. Can we get mm-hmm. really practical? So like, what is it? Yeah. Figure it out our values, where the lines Mm -hmm. are, what's important, what matters to us, what the deal breakers are, then how do we go about actually implementing and setting those boundaries with the people we love? What does that sound like? Yeah, I think being assertive is really, really important. So once we're really clear, 
the difference between, you know, how we're going to implement the boundary. So in the past, I'll give you an example. My husband is a pack rat. He just loves to cover every single surface of our house. And so in the past, you know, pre-boundary setting, me would have been like, you need to clean up this clutter. It's an absolute disaster. I can't function like this. Whereas so that's a very reactive state versus being assertive and using an I statement. Like I need, you know, the house, this space to be clutter free. It can't be the entire house in our house. We had to compromise, <laughs> but I need these spaces to be clutter free. You know, it's really stating what you need first. And then when you make that really clear and giving them a chance to respond with with what they are willing to do versus, you know, getting into the situation where it's a blaming and it's a making it all about what they're doing. Yeah. Not what you need. That's that taking responsibility piece. So identifying, Mm -hmm. you know, what your actual needs are and the whys too. So being able to say, you know, so when I walk into a room and every surface is cluttered, it really makes it hard for me to concentrate. It raises my anxiety level. I would really love to work with you to figure out some way where you could have some of the surfaces be clear, you know, or what is your thought on it without blame, without shame and really positioning it as a you're recognizing like this is my stuff like I'm understanding that not everybody has the same reaction to a cluttered surface this is my reaction to it here is the reaction can we work together to figure this out right exactly and the feelings are very important yeah as you said Laura like because for so long I wasn't very comfortable sharing my feelings just because I thought my spouse wasn't going to care about what my feelings were It was a story that I made up in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, I think we often have those stories from our childhood because it seemed as if our parents didn't care. And then we're in, you know, a very familiar feeling, loving relationship. And we make the conclusion that other people won't care too. Yeah. So I would come at it with an approach of just do it, just get it done. It was sort of like a petty tyrant, right? But when you really start opening up and having conversations about why, why it matters to you. It makes, it can make a tremendous difference, I think. And then the second thing I'll say is just, you know, no is so important. Learning how to say no when you don't want to do something. Many of us just say yes out of habit. Yeah. Or to avoid a conflict. (laughs) Or or to avoid a conflict. Or avoid disappointing someone. Or to, you know, look good, you know, yes, I'll bake the brownies for the PTA and, you know, have zero time to do that. So it really is okay to say no. And I'm always practicing saying no without an explanation as to why it's no. What does that I mean, sound you... like? That like that pinged a little bit of like like anxiety <laughs> in me. Like <laughs> I can't. I, there's not a word for that. This is <laughs> like, but it totally did. It was like <laughs> I don't. You guys can't see me, but I keep making the same thing. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah. like, what does a no without an explanation sound like? This is groundbreaking. Yeah. Stuff you know, thank you for thinking of me. Unfortunately, I will not be able to, you know, do X, Y, Z, or just no, I can't make it. Simple as that. It is like in the beginning. And sometimes, you know, via text message, I find myself like going into the explanation and I'm like, 
do, 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 you know, back up. Delete, delete, delete. Yes, yes. It's okay. And I've got, I've got a friend who does a really great job of just modeling that too, or she'll just say, thanks for thinking of me maybe next time, you know, uh, or that won't work for me. I don't use that one as often. That one doesn't feel as comfortable for you. (laughs) Yeah. That one doesn't feel as comfortable for me, but there are plenty of ways to say no that I've even read. Of course, they're not coming top of mind. It doesn't have to be like no period if that doesn't feel right to you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can't just be no period, right? Yeah. I do like the sandwiching approach. That you, so you were modeling the sandwiching mm-hmm. approach. So you sandwich the no with two positives. Thank you so much for thinking mm-hmm. of me. That's not going to work out this time. Uh, feel free to circle back, you know, or, you know, I do want to support your effort. This is the way I'm available to support, you know, this or, yes. you know, or, Oh, thanks so much for reaching out. I would love to spend more time with you. I'm not available this weekend. I look forward to catching up. Are you available to do X, Y, and Z? That's within your boundary. So I like sandwiching a lot. Yes. So (laughs) I had the opportunity to help my son out with some boundary setting recently. Um, I love that. Oh my goodness. It was like, oh man, I really want to jump in and just save you here. But um, I know that that's not the right thing to do, but he had a friend that kept stopping by unannounced Mm. and it really wasn't someone he wanted to play with. And he was getting very angry Mm. (laughs) and I'm like, well, we did some role playing. It was like, I gave him a couple of different options and he's such a sweet kid. He's like, you know, I don't want to like, say you know I'll play later because I probably don't want to play later <laughs> you know like so yeah. we had a lot of back and forth around that and so he was able to practice and he was able to nip it in the bud and then this is this is someone he, he goes to school with as well but he was even uncomfortable with the situation that happened at school and he let the, the little boy know the friend know but he went and told the teacher like um, when he couldn't handle it himself. It was such a proud mom moment uh-huh. to see him be able to really stand and what was comfortable for him because you see it in our kids, right? Where because they don't have that emotional regulation, he was just seething in anger every time this kid showed up, mm-hmm. but not really wanting to say anything initially. Yeah, because it's a tricky thing. This is the thing. Like we teach our kids from a very young age to not be exclusive, right? To include, include, include everybody as your friend. And it's really not teaching the best boundaries, right? When they're little. And so then they get to be older and they know they're not supposed to not be friends with everybody. We have personal preferences. There are people that just, we don't jive with that we don't want to spend time with and that's okay. So, I mean, part, like part of me wants parents be teaching kids this all along to check in with their internal compass. Is this a person you enjoy spending time with? And then how do we set that boundary if they're not in a kind and loving way, you know, in a way that is respectful? Can I ask you, like, what was the final, like, way that your son delivered this boundary that you ended up role-playing? Do you remember what the final... Yeah, what, what did he use? I let him do it himself. And so I think he I think he chose to say, Hey man, that's uh I think he wanted to play baseball with him quite a bit. I really just don't feel like it today, I think was one of them he used. And I think that he also I did see it take some time. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a couple of drop drop in business. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he tried a couple of them. 
I think he said, let's just play at school was okay. one of them. And so, I mean, I, they were all very kind. Yeah. Uh, you know, they weren't like, eventually, in the beginning, they, they weren't always kind. Stop coming over here. <laughs> it's a skill. Like, right, like what you were saying at the very beginning, it's a skill that needs to be practiced. You know, it's funny, like, as a kid, my mom was always willing to be kind of the bad guy and help me set boundaries by setting them for me. And I always really appreciated that as a kid who had a hard time hurting other people's feelings, who was nervous to stand up for myself in certain circumstances. For example, like I've always needed to go to bed early. <laughs> Even as a teenager, I was like, nine o'clock lights out. <laughs> and I always had friends who wanted to stay up and talk on the phone. And I just couldn't manage to set that boundary myself. And so my mom, like we would have a signal and she would yell, Laura, get off the phone, you know? And <laughs> I think like, it's lovely to have someone who has your back, who you can depend on to help you with those things. But I also do wish she had coached me more in like what you did with your son and how to like confidently set that boundary for yourself. I do think that that would have made boundary setting in my, you know, late teen and early college, you know, 20s, that would have made things a lot easier. I think you're setting your son up for a lot of success. There's a balance that needs to be there, right? Absolutely. But that's the goal, right? That's yeah. the absolute goal. It's just to help him in situations because there's going to be a lot of situations coming down the line where, you know, we're not there. Yeah, and he needs those skills. So these are low stake mm -hmm. moments where you're there to support him so that he can have those skills in high stake moments. Like when yes, it's the choice to get absolutely. into the car with a friend who's been drinking, for example. Like you want him to have mm -hmm. healthy boundaries there. Like, no, man, let's call an Uber. <laughs> you know, you want him to be able to confidently set those boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness, someone's cringing thinking about the teenage years. <laughs> they're, coming. They're, they're coming for all of us. <laughs> and I know, we're having I know. the foundation now. Like it's good stuff, you know. I think yeah, like absolutely. I really am glad that we circled into this conversation with our kids too, because this is part of, you know, part of what we believe here is that kids learn through modeling. So if we've been consistently setting healthy boundaries in front of our kids for ourselves their whole lives, they will have information and resources about boundaries and then once they start getting into more and more situations we can coach them and support them in figuring it out i think that balance though is really key like they need to know we're there like for example like when my mm -hmm. girls are at a party like i want them to know like i will be the bad guy for them like i will be the you know like that they can be like oh my mom she's such a <laughs> making me leave like that is fine with me you know if that's what they they need. I have a feeling yeah. I have one very, like, very good boundary setting daughter, my older one. I, I don't think that she's going to need that so much. I think she's going to be very confident in delivering her boundaries, but my other one might need a little bit more support. Yeah. But I think that I've heard you talk about this before, just the generational impact, right? Yeah. You know, I learned boundaries in my thirties. Right. You yes. know, yeah. they, they don't, they don't have to go through so much of their life without having these skills. To me, that's just everything. It's everything. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's so these boundaries are good for us, but they're good for our kids and they're good for our entire lineage, right? So the future mm -hmm. generations, it's beautiful work. Thank you, Melissa, so much for this conversation about boundaries. I, I feel like this was really helpful and I hope that it was good for you too. 
Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. I think having your reflections back on some of this is really helpful for me as well. So just a a great conversation. I so appreciate the opportunity to be here. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming. I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. Do you want to drop your socials? Every All the links, of course, will be in the show notes, but sometimes listeners like to hear out loud where to find people. Yeah. So I hang out mostly on Facebook and my, um, you can find me under Melissa Salmeron coaching. And there's a link to my group, which is where I like to have a lot of conversations and that sort of safe space with moms. And I also have a website. It's melissasalmeron.com. And yes, if you don't know how to spell it, hopefully it is in the show notes. Because that one, the last name turns people up all the time. But yeah, those are the two places to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experiences and your stories. It was really lovely to get to meet you and talk with you. Thank you, Laura. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of, um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.